0: Alright, good morning and welcome to our Discipleship Podcast. I'm Billy. Today I have Ron Schleicher again with me. Good morning,
1: Ron. Morning, Billy.
0: And we also have our special guest, Andrew Perkins. He is our worship leader here at Pulse Four Foursquare. Yeah. Morning, Andrew.
2: Hi, good morning.
0: Um, He's also what I would call a natural evangelist. (laughs) Oh, okay. So... Hmm. He, he does a pretty, pretty good job. I just don't get it, but it's, it's, it's really cool to, to see him, see him out there in the community and just be able to talk to somebody about the Bible. And they're just so enthralled. Like, it's so cool.
2: So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That wouldn't have to do with Holy Spirit with it, Andrew. You know, um, I'm just going to take all the credit for this one. <laughs> Of course we are talking about the Holy Spirit, right? Yep,
1: exactly.
0: So today we're we're moving into lesson six, which is actually the last lesson. Um lesson seven is is a recap over everything. Um but this is our last kind of really meaty section that we're going to to go through. Um so as always, we're gonna start off with a question. Actually two questions. So what do you think is the most important attribute we must have to witness and see results and what part does the Holy Spirit play in witnessing? And these two questions we're going to be answering over the course of this lesson here. Um, so just write those down or, you know, just keep them, keep them in your head as we go through this. Mm-hmm. So Bill starts off this section by saying no amount of persuasiveness or imagination or ability on our part will ever move any Person to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in His convic- convicting and regener- regenerative power, uh, salvation, as the psalmist says, is of the Lord totally and completely. So today we're going to be reading through Acts 6, chapter 6 and 7. So we're actually just going to get right into that because. is quite a lot of reading so if you have your Bible go ahead and follow along with us chapter six um, and we'll get started so I'm gonna be reading from the NIV Ron you'll be reading from NLT Andrew
2: I have the ESV English standard version
0: yeah so we each got a little different version so um.
2: variety is a spice of life exactly Mm.
0: All right, so Acts chapter 6. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them uh, complained against the Hebrew Jews because their widows were being overlooked in daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, come uh, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, from Antioch, a a convert to Judaism. Mm. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the, of the freed, freedmen, mm. as it was called, Jews of the Serene and Alexandria, as well as the providences of Sicilia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Mm. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin, and they produced false witnesses who testified. This, <clears throat> this fellow, fellow never stopped speaking against his holy place and against the law, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel.
1: Mm. So, chapter 7, reading from the New Living Translation, the title of this chapter in my Bible says Stephen addresses the council. So then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. O glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I'll show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they'd be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God said, and in the end they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob, when Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs of the Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother, Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was a great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb. Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamor's sons in Shechem. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die.
2: All right, and then verse 20, I'm to pick up. It says, At this time Moses was born, and he was beautiful in God's sight. And he was brought up for three months in his father's house. And when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him, And brought him up as her own son. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. And when he was forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. Now when forty years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in the flame of a fire of a bush. And when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob. And Moses trembled, and did not dare to look. Then the Lord but thrust him aside, and in their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him.
0: Verse 41. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it and revealed in their own hands or what their own hands had made. But God turned away from them and gave them over to worship of the sun, moon, and stars. Mm. This agrees with what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings? Forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel. You have taken up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Repen, and the idols you made to worship. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses, according to the pattern he had seen. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the god of jacob but it was solomon who built the house for him however the most high does not live in houses made by human hands as the prophet says heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool what kind of house will you build for me says the lord or where will my resting place be has not my hand made all these things you stiff-necked people your hearts and your and ears are still uncircumcised you are just like your ancestors, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, and now you have betrayed and murdered him. You you who have received the law that was given through angels, but not but have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. As they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of the young man named Saul while they were stoning him. Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When they had said this, he had fell asleep. <clears throat> Talk about a mic drop moment. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> just totally, I mean, let alone, I mean, he, he just reaccounted pretty much everything that that they would have already known. But then to go as as far as to say is the fact that, you know, you guys are not listening. You guys don't understand this. Like obviously the Holy Spirit played played a huge, huge part in Steven's life. Um, you know, he can he controlled Stephen, he gave him the courage to, to stand there in front of these all these you know officials and basically just speak truth um and and let alone i mean he didn't have notes he didn't have you know a bible there open you know so to reaccount all of this knowledge is just um while i'm sure he knew it's still like to bring all that to memory you know i can't remember (laughs) A lot of things, so I definitely need the Holy Spirit at times to to help me remember.
1: That's walking in the Spirit. I mean, he. That, I mean, that he epitomized that right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, living his life as Andrew discussed here just a little bit ago about we live our lives and people see that, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: he epitomized walking in the Spirit. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, he Absolutely. was. I mean, he. He, he just, like you said, went through the whole thing. He went through the whole Old Testament yeah. right there. That's and I much. mean, he just, he laid it down the line, but the Spirit gave him the boldness, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I would, you know, Billy, what I was thinking, too, at the end of this, where it says they stoned him, mm-hmm. and Stephen prayed, Lord, receive my spirit. Who also said that? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, he fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Hmm. I thought that was a perfect example of the first martyr. Yeah. And it's just what Jesus had said. Yep. I mean, I didn't want to throw that in, but mm-hmm. it just
2: occurred to me that it's the same thing. Yeah. I think that the the <clears throat> biggest um, point that I pulled out of that, that phrase that, he, that Stephen said was his compassion that he had towards the people. Because mm-hmm. I've realized that you can never argue somebody into the kingdom. You can't debate someone into loving Jesus. Yeah. It's it's absolutely impossible. And so I don't think his heart in the entire Stephen's entire conversation with them, even though he was trying to prove his Ooh. he was trying to prove them wrong mm-hmm. but it wasn't with the heart of proving them wrong it no. was the heart of can't you see can't you see where you're missing it god God doesn't want to be in the temple anyways he wants to be in your heart mm-hmm. and 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 that shows by he came to that point of even being killed by these people and he still has compassion towards them yeah even in the midst of the frustration and and whatnot and I've just realized that when I'm when we're witnessing to other people, it has to always come from a place of compassion. Mm. And yeah, it can be frustrating because some people can be very argumentative. Yeah, <laughs> some people can try <laughs> really hard, and they just do it to. Um, sometimes they do it just to get a just to get a something out of you. You know, yeah. I, I worked with this one guy, and and he he knew I was a Christian, and he and he just like poking fun at me, and he did it just to see if he could get me riled up. And he, used to, he told me a story once where he said he was on a plane and he had a couple extra things with him. Someone had given him a Bible and he had an Xbox controller and he was holding on to them because they were his in addition to his bag. And the airplane attendant told him, hey man, I need you to, you you can't have both of those things. You're only allowed one personal item. And so he looked at me in the eyes and he said, so you know what, what item that I decided to keep? I kept the Xbox controller and I threw the Bible away. And he just looked at me so intent. He was trying to get something out of me. Like he wanted me to get frustrated at him because he made that decision. <laughs> and, and I was like, clearly you have your priorities, you know, Clearly, you know what you want and what you care about. But, uh um, and, and I'm sure I frustrated him more than he could possibly frustrate me because yeah, because
1: <laughs> you well, know, i i'm glad you said that andrew because it comes all from love mm-hmm. it all comes out of love you know and he said lord stephen said lord don't charge them with this sin mm-hmm. when he was being done in mm-hmm. yeah. same same way with jesus just like you mm-hmm. you were being done in there yeah but you didn't you you responded correctly to that and
2: and funny end to the story is after we worked together for so long, eventually the guy got kicked out of his house, and he didn't have a place to stay. And everyone else that we worked with weren't willing to give him a place to stay. But I let him sleep on an air mattress I had in my house once. And then his last day of work, I gave him a, I gave him a, 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 a gift, and in the gift was a couple of things, but one of those things was a new Bible. Mm. And uh, he didn't he, he didn't he didn't take it. He left it there at work. And so I brought it home and I had it sitting on my counter for a long time. And about two months later, he comes in out of nowhere, comes in, comes in the back, worked in a restaurant. He comes in the back in the kitchen and he he looks at me and he's like, where's Andrew? Where's Andrew? He's asking everybody. And I'm back there working. and I was was like, hey, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, hey, Andrew, I, uh, where's that Bible that you got me? And I was like, it's at, it's at my house. And he was like, okay, I'm going to go get it. I was like, okay, it was nice to see you too. <laughs> Hadn't seen him for a couple months. Uh he didn't even live in he didn't even live in the same town anymore. Just came out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> I need that Bible. You got me a Bible. Where is it? And I said, Yeah, it's at my house. And he's like, I remember where you live. Because I had let him stay there. He's like, I'll just go get it. And he left. And I, sure enough, later that night I went home. My roommates told me that a guy showed up and said that they had something, he had something that was his and it was there on the counter so they let him in and he grabbed the package with the bible in it and i have never talked to him since i have never seen him or (laughs) talked to him i i i don't know where he's at right now in his life but i just think it's so funny that um yeah if if you always keep that heart of compassion Mm -hmm. it's amazing how god can uh, turn people's hearts around
0: yeah absolutely so Bill Bill says in in the book here he says Stephen was the first Christian martyr. Um, was an ori- he was an ordinary man and yet he had a tremendous testimony for Christ. Uh, reading through Acts six and eight, you will you will not find the speaking technique or witnessing methods that Stephen used to introduce people to Christ. However, he was fearless and moved multitudes with the sincerity and power of his life and witness for Christ. And by examining his life we will discover the reason for his effective witness and the person and work of the Holy Spirit who produced in him a mighty likeness to the Son of God. And the Holy Spirit gave Stephen the courage, the witness, and the results. So as a spirit filled man Stephen had two purposes that were his greatest concerns. And we see his desire to witness in his dying prayer. Mm. So, what were those? What would you guys say those two purposes were?
2: I'd say that his two purposes were to not one of them being not to do his own thing, but to do God's thing. Mm-hmm. Meaning he wasn't interested in what, in himself, mm-hmm. but he had given up himself in order to let God fill him and use him. Yeah. And so he, I can see that like his purpose, he's decided and made that decision. It's not about me. It's about yeah. Jesus. And God, wherever you use me, wherever you take me, however you lead me, that's mm-hmm. where I want to go.
0: Yeah, he knew. He knew his purpose was was to present Christ, was to share Christ with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, and he wasn't going to let anything stop him. Yeah,
1: I thought interesting, Billy. You said that he was an ordinary man. Mm-hmm. God uses ordinary people. Yep. Jesus was an ordinary man. You know, it even says so, you know, Mm -hmm. and what a powerful testimony of witness there from Stephen's life. It's incredible there. Yeah. I want my life to be like that
2: Mm
1: -hmm. no matter what. Boy, and I was just thinking, Andrew, it's hard to break down those walls. It's Mm -hmm. hard to go for years. You know, I've been in service for God since I was born again. You know 19 years old, but I was always service oriented. Looking, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I've told Billy this story many times. Stephen was willing to do whatever it took, mm-hmm. wherever it took. And when I made a commitment one time, uh, at the rest home, my dad was in the rest home, and my dad knew how to play the fiddle, and I played the guitar, and we sung, I sung, and um. So I was coming out of his room one day in the rest home. God kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey Ron, there's a ministry here that needs to be done. I'm going, looking around, is God's God talking to me. So I immediately went back and went to the office of the activities director. I said, Would you mind? Her name was Pauline. I said, Would you mind if I held a service here? In a rest home, she goes. No, she said, but we need something like this. The minute I did that, Andrew, I learned that it free. It was so much freedom and joy doing that ministry because God ordained it. Yeah, I didn't do it. That was the most rewarding ministry I have ever been in. Mm. Is that ministry because mm. I didn't choose it? God chose it. And I think, I think to me, it opened up my ears to start listening more all the time to what he has to say for me. And I, it's just freed me, Billy. It yeah. freed, it just, it was such a freeing experience mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. You just know it because you have the joy. Yeah. You know, and when I was doing the sermons and stuff, it was like, it was like Stephen, you know, not quite as in depth, but the anointing of the spirit came on me when I was doing this Mm. it was different than other things that I had done But I'm sorry to get off track but I just wanted to share that because (laughs) it's very important in my life to keep I always say keep peeling that onion
0: Mm -hmm. well that's a testimony
1: you know know, peel those things off in your life and keep peeling them until he comes back Mm -hmm. that's
0: yeah the other thing I, I think too would be not only just presenting Christ, um, but also, you know, Stephen going there to, you know, basically tell him to, to ask him to repent, you know, to, to be forgiven because they, they could. They had that opportunity to repent and, and be forgiven of, of their sins um so there's there's that as well and um you know stephen stephen didn't compromise his message regardless of circumstances he he told people what was wrong with them and he spoke he spoke of christ and one result of being filled with the spirit spirit is selfish selflessness and stephen did not fear what man could do to him nor was he defeated by self-consciousness? He, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, did not play a part mm. in his life, but the Holy Spirit was his life. Mm. And Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. So looking at the last two things, the, the fact that he wanted to present Christ to these people, <clears throat> and the fact that he wanted to do it because he was hoping that their sins would be forgiven or he wanted them to see that their sins could be forgiven. Um, how did these concerns show the fullness of the Holy Spirit in Stephen's life? And I think you kind of hit on it earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. Well, another thing I was thinking of is that he didn't water down the gospel. Nope. He presented the truth in love, out of compassion. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, you know to. Express the truth, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be done, but it has to be done, as Andrew said, with compassion and love. Yeah, if you do it that way, you got a better chance of them coming to God Mm -hmm. than just point blank, you know. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. so yeah, it's uh, living a selfless life, yeah, being selfless, being completely. Um, taken away from yourself. I mean, it's not an easy task. We have, we, everyone's got their own concerns and and um, things on our mind, things that we need to do, things that we're thinking about. Um, but to put all that aside in order to reach somebody and to be used by God, um, it doesn't just happen overnight. You know, that requires... Being so consumed with God on a daily basis Mm. and not letting a day go by without digging into Mm. who God is, without Mm. letting a day go by without um, speaking with God, having conversations with Him, um, reading His Word. Clearly Stephen knew the Word of God Mm -hmm. so well he was able to bring it in that moment before all these people who would look at him and at first glance would think this guy doesn't know anything. (laughs) Yeah. You know, an ordinary man, just a, Mm -hmm. just a bystander. Yeah. Um, But it's amazing when, when people who are, especially people who are argumentative, they like to think that they have the higher ground because they use their knowledge as their um pedestal so they act as if they that's what keeps them higher than everyone else mm-hmm. and Stephen proved that wrong to them all yeah and i've noticed that even in my own witnessing attempts to um like i had a like i love it when um when when i have jehovah's witness or or <laughs> or um more and friends knock on my door because, you know, I can sit down and have a conversation with them and they may not think at first glance, <laughs> this guy knows anything. <laughs> I don't look like a guy that knows things really, <laughs> but I can show them my Bible and they can see that every single page in that book has been underlined and studied. Um, you could see their face get a little nervous they start to realize oh, what have we got ourselves into. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, the well, thing I was thinking of is, you were talking about knowing God. Uh, he desires a relationship with us, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's 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 the thing he desires. He desires that relationship. He does not need us, but he desires that relationship with us. And I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm a Big advocate of Oswald Chambers. Yeah. And the first thing he talks about every day, the word is surrender.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is that is a thing that we must do. Mm. We must surrender. Even the even the rooms in our closets. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Bill says the presentation of Christ always brings a reaction from the hearers. In the case of Stephen, rejection and anger resulted in his death. And another reaction is acceptance of Christ and the person bearing the message about him. So we're going to stop here for this week. Um next week we'll finish finish this off and we'll finish it off with the work of the Holy Spirit and witnessing. So thanks for joining us, you guys. Ron, thank you for for being here. My Andrew, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Um and yeah, we will Catch you guys next week.
1: Have a great week.